0: The Essence of Tea, episode 31. Welcome. You are listening to The Essence of Tea podcast, where we share about the worlds of tea with you, from tea tastings, to tea history and culture, to tea education, health, and wellness. The Essence of Tea is your tea companion through your personal transformation and growth. I'm your host, Jenny Jie. Now let's get started. Hello, welcome to the Essence of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Jie, And today we're going to be talking about the stories and the history and culture of tea and how it makes up cultural identity. So I have a special guest today and I'll be bringing her on right now. Welcome, Juno Kim. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hi, thanks for inviting me. Good to be here drinking yeah. tea.
0: Yep. Yep. Me too. Drinking some tea. What kind are you having today?
1: This is a ginseng oolong tea.
0: Oh, oh, that's a good one. Is it, this is the one that you got at our shop? When
1: you're no, visiting? the one that I got at your shop was ran out because I drank them all. <laughs> <laughs> so there's my little ginseng oolong tea right here. Oh, nice. in. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I met Juno Kim in our tea shop in Fairbanks, Alaska. So for those of you listening from around the world, our tea company is based in Fairbanks, Alaska. And, and Juno is not originally from Alaska, but she was in Fairbanks traveling, um, taking photographs, doing some social media work. And she was referred to our shop as a person who's like really into tea, right? So Juno, yeah. tell us how you found out about us.
1: So I was there for a little campaign to highlight Fairbanks as a destination and some small businesses and interesting places, basically, um, because you know Fairbanks is uh, some people think it's scary because it's cold, <laughs> but we're up there to um, you know highlight the destination. And then by um, contact, um, she saw me drinking tea, and then we were we got to talk, and she's like, "Oh, if you feel like tea, like you." you have to meet Jenny. You have to go to her shop, you know? So she's like, yeah, she's this, like, awesome lady who wrote a book, and, you know, she told me all about you. So I didn't expect to see you there because it was so late, and then I, and I saw the shop was open after dinner. Like, oh, we'll just go in and check out the shop. And then you were there, so it was great. And then I think we spent, like, maybe half an hour or more <laughs> at your shop <laughs> talking about different things, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. When we... Um, start talking about tea, any any of our customers or guests that we love to welcome, it's so easy that time flies because you mm-hmm. instantly have a connection, a connection in the hobby or the interest in tea or the tea history, culture, health benefits, and such. Juno, where are you, you streaming in from today? Anchorage today. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule because I've been seeing all of your pictures and your social media posts and all your travel. So do you want to tell everybody what you do?
1: So, um, I have a long history of destination marketing. So long time ago, I started the career as a travel blogger. Um, so that got me to travel around the world and, you know, we got to make me, um, so I basically worked online and traveled for a long time. So, Did it for seven years full time. So didn't have a home or, you know, I visited home in Korea and um, stayed here and there. But so basically just kind of nonstop. Um, And then that grew into um, destination marketing. um, And I'm also a photographer. So they kind of got me together. And after we moved to Alaska, I worked at a local tourism bureau for a few years um, and they recently started my own consulting company to do um, marketing and media and content work. So combined with my travel blog, which is on Runaway Juno. Um, so we're doing a lot of promotion and different type of content work um, for a lot of different clients in Alaska and outside of Alaska, too.
0: Oh, wow. So fascinating. So um, you were, you and I like met and I was like, oh, it's so fascinating because... I'm Asian, I'm Chinese, and you're Korean. And then you're like, oh, yeah, because I grew up drinking tea. And I'm like, I didn't grow up drinking tea, even though the most, the highest population of people on this planet are Asians, whether it's like Indian, you know, Chinese, Korean, like that makeup of Asians. And then... Mm -hmm like most of these Asian countries are who produce most of the tea plants. So I kind of grew up from a different perspective being first generation American growing up in Alaska and you didn't grow up in Alaska. Do you want to tell a little bit about like your cultural history and how it's related to tea and what your upbringing was like?
1: So I was born and raised in Korea. So, um, I never really lived outside before I start traveling. Um, But so in Korea, when we say we drink water, it means some sort of a tea. So growing up, we couldn't drink the tap water like you do in America. Like we couldn't drink it because it wasn't a good quality water. So we always had to boil the water. So we always had this big pot or kettle or something. And my mom would always boil the water and then we'll put something in it to make taste better. So like dried barley, dried caraway seed is very common. Dried corn um, and also dried mushrooms, um, dried um, like all sorts of different vegetables, like a radish um, or you know some some sort of different type of herbs or something. So we we'll always have that, and we will chill that in the fridge to drink it like a water. So when we said water, there was always a tea. But to me, that's the water, like just a. Tab water is a clear water to me. So that's how we kind of differentiate. Um, But we never think that we were drinking tea because there was a water. But now I drink those as a tea. Um, So, and also we grow green tea in our country, in the south side of the country, because our country is a long peninsula. Um, So green tea was always served to a guest. So whenever somebody comes to the house, you make them like a hot beverage. You know, so it's like either green tea or some sort of hot water we just made. Or um, So green tea was really common, and green tea mixed with brown rice is very common. Um, so it was always around. So that's how I kind of grew up, and, like, drinking hot beverage is very important in my culture. As you know, same in Chinese, too, just drinking hot beverage. Um, and then how did I really get into tea as a tea now is... When so I went to New Zealand and that was my first country that I ever visited, and I was 22, 21 or twenty two. So I went to New Zealand for backpacking and I was alone, and I was there for a month. And I got to meet this family that I was. This is a kind of long story, but I was kind of lost and they kind of rescued me. And I barely spoke English, and they're like, "Oh, come with me and they, you know stay in my house." So I went to their house. And there was one of those um, people that always opened the door and the people come in and out of their house and just kind of visit. And they always had tea station. And they drink a lot of black tea. So their brand of tea was PG Tips. That's always, they had a big box of it in the counter. So whenever, whoever, somebody comes in the house and they just boil water and make the tea. And because New Zealand has like the best dairy, right? So they have always had milk. So that peach chips mixed with milk, that became the tea for me. And that's how, like, oh, so this is a beverage you drink. So we would drink it every day, like three, five times a day, like every day. With um, <laughs> like water. Like water. <laughs> yeah, just, just like, you who you know, somebody comes to the house, I boil the water, make the tea. Oh, somebody comes in the house, boil the water, make the tea, like repeat every day. Um, and that kind of became the habit and like, oh, this is like a tea culture. And because New Zealand kind of has this background in the English culture, too. So they drink a lot of black tea and, and milk. And so after I came back from New Zealand, I kind of sought out like a black tea. Like, oh, so I like this taste of this tea and milk. And in Korea at the time, there was not a lot of black tea around. So black tea was maybe Lipton or just a very small amount. Um, and so I kind of like got a very interested in tea. And then because in Korea, we have a lot of those herbal teas or uh, green tea, but I was also interested in different type of like black tea because there's like a blended tea like you have in your store. Um, so I got to know this um, tea group when I was in school, in college and grad school on online in an online group there's the people who love tea and so i got to know different brand like a twining's tea brand in england and you know like all this different like yorkshire teas or you know whatever different kind of tea and then they were ordering it from england as a group and then you kind of buy from them you know you kind of divide the shipping fee and stuff like oh, that oh cool yeah so i participated in that a few times so i got to know ur Grey tea because of that. And then there's a Lady Grey in Twinings. Um, and there's like all sorts of different blended tea and different brands. And so I got very into that. So I, I was in grad school and I always had a little tea station on my desk with little kettles <laughs> and all this stuff. Um, so yeah, it was always a kind of became a part of me. And then when I started traveling, it kind of gradually into... Like, it's interesting to go to a place has tea because, you know, there wasn't like a sole purpose of traveling, but because of that's a part of interest. Um, so especially when we went to China, you know, tea heaven, right? In China, just <laughs> the best tea, you know. And at that time, I didn't really know a lot about tea other than the what I knew. Um, but tea is kind of like wine or cheese, you know, as you learn. Mm-hmm. There's so much more to learn. Like when I met you... I met a lot of people who knows a lot about tea, but, like, she knows about tea. (laughs) like Jenny, like, she knows about tea. Um, And I know a little bit about it, too, but I know very little. It's not professional knowledge at all. Um, But when I was in China, uh, my dad is also very into green tea. And then, you know, he has this this little stash of nice quality teas. He always has it around the house. And one of it was a pu oral tea that he always considered like the best quality tea so he would only drink it he would drink it when he go to like hiking so he would always brew before he go in the house and put it in the thermos and he would drink it in the in the mountain that was a poor tea for him um so i knew about it and then knew about the cake and stuff so when we were in china like necessary steps. So we went to Yunnan. That's where the poor tea came from.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, The the birthplace of tea.
1: Yeah. So, um, so me and my husband, we went to tea shop after tea shop after tea shop to do, because we learned all day to tasting. So we had different kinds of tasting, learn about poor tea with the, I have very limited knowledge in Chinese language. I can like read the letters and stuff like that. Um, so, we would basically show up and I would like read a little bit and, like, oh, this looks interesting. So, we had a little tasting, and they have this gadget of boiling tea in the water with the different temperatures, you know, like yep. 75, 85, or 95. So, that and with a whole tasting. And in China, also, there's a lot of tea shops, right? So, you just kind of, um, tea house that's what they call. So, you kind of go and sit down and have a big jug of tea mm-hmm. and, like, look at the scenery or, you know, play dominoes or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it, yeah. Mahjong, dominoes, cards. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we, we did a lot of that too, like traveling around the Yunnan province and the Sichuan province that just we go to any tea house and kind of the same thing. I don't look out the river and, you know, drinking tea and <laughs> crescent tea with, you know. Um, so did a lot of that. And then, you know, everywhere we went, you Know we went to Nepal and they have really nice herbal tea from the Himalayas, and um, you know, so that because we're always drinking tea, it's not the purpose of the travel, but it always became a big part of a travel.
0: Interesting, um,
1: and that's led to you on Fairbanks the same thing, you know, who would think that there's a really high quality tea shop in Fairbanks, Alaska? <laughs> you know, it's kind of <laughs> random, you know. <laughs> so yeah. um that's kind of, you know that's how you know you connect with the people you connect with the different people with a different background but you kind of connect with the same interest you know
0: what is your most favorite story of tea like all of your travels i've known you've been to nepal you've been to mongolia you've been to you know new zealand what is your favorite story or a moment or a memory you've had around tea maybe the point wasn't tea but it ended up being that like what is your most memorable experience with tea
1: um there's a lot um you know like the new zealand story that's a very distinct moment to me because there was introduction to a different culture because new zealand is very western culture and very different than any americans or europeans they're very different um, so that became a very big part of me. Um, recently, it wasn't many years ago, maybe three years ago, uh, before ju- just before we moved here, we were in Central Asia. So Kyrgyzstan remained one of my favorite countries that I've been to. Um, in that, I think it's a very general Central Asian culture that I haven't been to many places in Central Asia. But um, my husband spent a lot of time on Central Asia, He lived in Uzbekistan and um, stuff like that. So when we were traveling, you would go stay in somebody's yurt. Like you go middle of the mountain because they're still nomadic people. So in the summertime, they all go into mountain to set up a yurt. Wintertime, they all come down to the city. But in summer, they all set up this yurt and travelers go in and basically eat food and stay at their yurts. Um, You know, it's a separate yurt. But you would be invited into the host yurt to eat and drink with them so that's one of the thing the same thing as what happened in New Zealand like anybody comes they just go in and they just pour you some tea you know it comes out of this it's not like a you know it's not like a high quality tea that you know they're sharing but this is like their general hot beverage because even in the mountains it's cold in the summertime so they boil the water and you know they use the same tea over and over and over again it's a little black tea, um, loose tea, and they would just it have a you know very specific this shape of tea cup, and they would pour it like a little bit less than half, and like over and over and over, you know. And then we can't talk because I don't speak Russian or <laughs> the Kyrgyz language, and mm-hmm. then she, they don't maybe speak Russian, but they may speak Kyrgyz language, but. I don't speak English language, so we can't talk about anything. But we just kind of sit around, like you know, enjoy the quietness and being in the mountain, drink the tea, you know. And they always have little snacks and stuff, like little sweets around the table. Just that's so great. that's kind of pastime, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's because like it, what you're saying is very fascinating because of the hospitality of tea. Like you're in tourism right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, or you're helping companies with tourism travel mm-hmm. destinations and right. there are people who travel around the world whether solo or in groups who do not speak the other language mm-hmm. but what you're telling me is all these different places even the places you didn't speak the language like China I mean you're lucky enough that you can make out some of the characters but I can't <laughs> even make out the characters I'm like trying to listen because I speak Cantonese and not mainland mandarin so i'm like okay what are they saying it kind of sounds like <laughs> this i can't even read this stuff so half the time i'm just trying to speak in cantonese and hoping that they guess what i'm trying to say right. back. so it's kind of funny because i'm a chinese person in china and i don't speak chinese you know mm-hmm. but our connection is tea and sometimes those special moments like your memory in the yurt up in the mountains you don't even need language yeah you have a deeper connection Mm-hmm. Of this sharing of community, hospitality, ritual, and culture that goes back thousands of years, hundreds right. of generations. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes tea incredibly powerful. Because no matter where you go, even if you went to the UK, even if you went to Russia, they're going to have some sort of tea. I mean... right when you're saying like we grew up like steeping all these different herbs like it wasn't even green tea but it was like you know some roots i was telling you i was telling your husband i'm like oh yeah the phoenix oolong's pretty good it tastes like you know like lotus seed you know have you had <laughs> lotus seed soup he's like i don't know if I, have i had them like you know little white little seed things and they make soup out of them and taste like vegetable soup So, all these different cultures, they don't even necessarily use the tea plants to infuse in hot water. And even when you think of places like Norway or Scandinavian countries, they might drink tea or they might even drink coffee, which is the same kind of ritual Mm -hmm. of infusing something in hot water. Right. And then sitting there enjoying the scenery, (laughs) like, what are you going to say? It's kind of awkward silence. But after a while, it's not. It's not really awkward anymore it's like this like I don't want to say it's like a spiritual connection but it's being present in the moment and allowing it to happen instead Mm -hmm. of going well thanks thank you okay I guess I'm gonna go because I don't know what to say to you 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 don't
1: even need to say anything right just sit around and you know just be there Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I like about those different customs too that I learned that in you know, central Asia, it's like a wide cup, wide mouth cup and they don't ever pour you more than half because it means it kind of indicates that, you know, I don't want to pour you more tea after this. So they would always drink, pour really little bit. So when you drink it, they pour it again, drink it, they pour it again. They always do that. So like a serving as a hostess. Um, but in my culture, if you pour anything, it's kind of accustomed to pour it almost to the top because that kind of shows the, your respect, you know, and the generosity. So when...
0: Yeah, like abundance versus yeah. like, like if you gave me half a cup of it's like the value, the perceived value of like abundance versus what they value in those countries <laughs> that poured you half a cup was the time spent like, oh, you can't leave. I got to put some, yeah. more, don't leave. I got to put some more in there. Like, I can help you. Like, it's, it just shows like what their value is. Not that they value one is greater than the other, but it's a mindset of cultural values of, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that you don't feel without, you know, for right. yours, that's what the full cup. And the other one is like, we want to make sure we're here for you. Don't leave. Like mm-hmm. we welcome you. You can stay as long as you want. Even right. even for the host, and, and you might have experienced this too, if you've ever hosted any people from different cultures, but um sometimes it's like for you, you're like, oh my goodness, it's like 2 a.m. and they're still here. You're like, okay, keep pouring the tea. I guess they're not leaving. I mean, I've I've hosted people or like couch surfers at my house or something like that who like don't speak a lick of English. And I'm like, okay. I mean, I'm not worried about them like stealing from me or anything like that, but right. I want to be there because it's a moment of time that I mm-hmm. I am privileged with this opportunity. Even if I have no idea what's going on, we're just mm-hmm. observing. And it's right. very interesting that that type of community is so important for like our mental health, our livelihood and our personal development.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. And this, like, a, the scent is very strong, you know, identity and memory, too, you know. So when you smell something, like, oh, it reminds you of something or somebody, you know, like you smell of this very strong chai tea and like you think of India, like, oh, yeah, the trains in India, they come by with this little cup of chai. Um, You know, you find both.
0: Did you get a clay cup? Yeah. <laughs> And then you drink it and then
1: smash it in the ground.
0: Right? Exactly, smash it in the ground. And people are like, "Oh my gosh, why would you do that?" Like Americans, they might not understand. They're like, "No, it's sustainable.
1: <laughs> like, right. wash the bush. It's from the ground, and we use it, and it goes back to the ground." Right. It's like a bit twenty cents, you know. It's <laughs> I drink drinking it and smash it, you know. Yeah. And then if I have a whiff of this barley tea and like, oh, think of a home because that's what I used to drink, and you know, same with the green tea It remind me of China. And um, yeah, it's so very interesting. I've haven't really thought too much about tea being an important part of you know traveling or something like that but I think it was it became that way but I just haven't really realized it you know
0: yeah so Juno thank you so much for being our guest and sharing like a little bit of I mean because you've traveled a lot of places, beautiful, beautiful pictures. So, where else can our guests and our listeners find out more about you, where you're going, your travels, and what you do? Where else can they find out more about you?
1: Thanks, Jenny. Um, so you can find me in Runaway Juno on Instagram, and also same in the website, so runawayjuno.com dot com, um, and I'm on Twitter. Facebook, um, so you can find me pretty easily. Um, when you come to my website, you can also sign up to the newsletter. Um, so you can see some updates. Um, and if you are interested in seeing, like, a, if you're in Alaska tourism or, you know, tourism industry, I also do a lot of different type of um, promotions to about destination through my consulting company. It's called Ovibos Consulting. Um, actually, this is pretty cool. This is a shout-out to your fellow business owners in Fairbanks. So oh, this is awesome. made by the yeah, Woodball company. Awesome. So they yeah, custom made this for me. Uh, another great business in Fairbanks. Um so yeah, so that's my company name so you can find me there too.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us and um and like she said, find her online. Check out her Instagram her websites um, and her her photographs are beautiful, and so are her stories. And um, we can't wait to see, you know, where your adventures lead you. And thank you so much for being part of our personal journey by sharing your personal experiences.
1: Thanks, thank Jenny. You. And thank you for the community. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Well, Thank you so much for watching this episode of the Essence of Tea podcast. We would really appreciate it if you could write us a rating and review anywhere where you listen to podcasts, whether Apple Podcasts or Stitcher.com. You can find us everywhere that you can listen to podcasts and you can watch live episodes of our podcast on our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all or any special topics you want us to cover, please, please let us know at hello at sippingstreams.com. And just one more thing, we have an absolutely free private Facebook group for people just like you who are interested in learning more about tea. It's called The Sipping Streams Tea Tribe and we go live every week. So go to Facebook and look for The Sipping Streams Tea Tribe and join today.